When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Discourse, a short-form, one-on-one interview podcast with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, brought to you by The Playlist and hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo. My guests today are two people involved with the upcoming Weird Al Yankovic biopic movie entitled Weird, The Al Yankovic Story. Uh, The film hits the Roku channel for free on November 4th. Those guests I refer to are director Eric Appel and Daniel Radcliffe, who plays a delightfully weird version of the Prince of Poppy Polka parody, Weird Al Yankovic. The film itself is like Al's songs. It's a parody, but this time it's of the biopic genre in general, and that follows Weird Al's rise to stardom, his highs, his lows, his romances, his alcoholism, and his war with a drug cartel. You know, that old chestnut. And I'm a Weird Al fan myself. I found it to be delightful. Uh, It's silly, it's smart, it's very weird. It's like Weird Al's songs come to life, which is a perfect tribute to the man himself. Uh, During my chat with Daniel Radcliffe and Eric Appel, we got to talk about the experience of rolling this out to raving audiences at TIFF and other festivals. Uh, Daniel getting accordion lessons from Al himself. Scenes that didn't necessarily make the film. Favorite cameos. uh, Favorite Weird Al songs, of course. But before I shoot you over to the interview, I've got to tell you that the discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast Bingeworthy, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, The Rogue Ones, and more. It can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we do very much appreciate it. All right, here's my conversation with the weirdly wonderful and hilarious duo of Daniel Radcliffe and director Eric Appel. Mike D'Angelo with The Playlist, Daniel, Eric Thanks so much for your time today. I've been a big Weird Al fan for a long time. Great t-shirt. Seen him in concert. Yeah. Owned the albums, all that stuff. And this is a fantastically weird movie and I love it so much. So thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. How's it been just rolling this out? I know there've been a few screenings. It, It seems like it's almost like a rock concert. Has that been the experience for you so far? That's been the vibe in the rooms that I've seen it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, at Beyond Fest, there was, like, a Weird Al costume contest before the movie. Um, like, yeah, show up in a Weird Al costume for early entry into the theater. So there was, like, you know, a couple dozen <laughs> Weird Al's walking in there. Um, and, uh, and like, the, the, the first screening we had at TIFF, 
um, you know, it, it, such a giant crowd uh, kicking off the festival. Uh, the excitement in that room was was palpable. I mean, it was, uh, and it played so well, better than like we didn't do test screenings. Like I, I'd, we'd, I'd showed it to a couple of friends to get like notes, but like I, I had never seen it with any audience. Risky for a comedy. Risky for a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, um, and uh, but but I mean the response that it uh, the response that it got was so incredible. Both Al and I were like sat sitting next to each other at that you know first screening and just our minds were blown. <laughs> yeah, it played well in my living room as well. I, I couldn't see it in. That's in actually a really nice to know because I I you know I have been thinking like oh it's an amazing thing to watch it there, but given that a lot of people will be watching it at home on a computer that is that is that is nice to know as well yes 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 so let's go back to the beginning here and by that i mean where does weird al enter your lives fandom wise oh fandom wise he's um so i mean i i as long as i can remember i, I the eat it the eat it video came out yeah. when i was like four years old and my mom you know my young mom at the time had a lot of mtv on in the house and uh i remember her like calling me in to watch the Eat It video when it was on. Um, and then, you know, the first, like, well, my, I, I saw UHF in the theater. I made my grandpa take me to see UHF. Uh, he loved it. No, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. And then, uh, but, but, like, my first album that, like, I wore the cassette tape out was Off the Deep End. Um, I think I was in, like, sixth grade when that came came out. And, uh, yeah, that, that's where, like, my real, you know, Al obsession kind of started. Um, I had listened to like, so I was really into a songwriter called Tom Lehrer when I was a kid. And then at some point I went down like a, an iTunes you might also like, and I think that took me to some Al and I, but, but really probably only like the, the big stuff then I would have imagined. Um, and then it was when my girlfriend and I started dating uh, about 10 years ago now, um, that her whole family is like die hard been to multiple Al, like she's been to three Al concerts, her dad's been, her dad and her brother I think have been to more, um, and so like they, they, that's when my true indoctrination began, and then by the time, you know, a few years later when I'm about to read this for the first time, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a proper sort of fan, like on my own. I know the, the depths of like true Al super fandom out there, so I'm not, I know I'm not on that level, but I'm, I'm pretty far along. Right. This one started out as like a parody trailer over a decade ago. And I remember seeing it like when it came online, I was like, I would watch the shit out of that. And <laughs> just like, how did this be like after 12 years become a reality and why did it take so long? Because when we made it, I mean, it was always like it was never designed to be a, a real movie. There was a <laughs> moment where like Aaron Paul and Olivia Wilde, right after it came out, we emailed back and forth. They were like, we got to do this. This has to be real. Like they're so happy with how the trailer came out. And, uh, you know, Al very quick, Al was like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, works really well as a sketch. I feel like we just kind of leave it at that. Um, he's been showing it at his concerts, uh, you know, for the last 10 years. And uh, he does meet and greets after all of his shows. And, like, people come up to him after every show and they either say, uh, oh, can you please make that a real movie? Or they say, how can I watch that movie? I've been, I've looked for it and I can't find it anywhere as if it was some like real thing that got shelved or something. Um, it was really though in, in 2019 when, you know, all this like slew of new biopics was getting announced and coming out and it was like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman and the Aretha Franklin one and Elvis and like, I got, I got like an email out of the blue from Al on like, uh, in February of 2019 and he was like, uh, 
you know, I think it's time. <laughs> we, you know, what do you think about trying to make this movie? Like, I just released a, uh, a career retrospective box set. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what's the next thing I do, and you know, maybe we can write this movie together if you're into it, and uh, you know, you direct it. And I mean, I was, I think I was like the next morning, I was out to for coffee with Al, like awesome. coming up with some of the ideas that made it all the way into the film that morning. <laughs> Do you remember which, any of those? Uh, uh, yeah, Escobar came from that conversation. Um, nice. And uh, our, the, the, the Eat It plot line came oh, from great. that very oh, wow. first. That was a very productive conversation. Conversation, and um, yeah, I think those were like the two major things. That's, <laughs> that's two pretty huge plot points. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. And Daniel, looking at your filmography and just being a fan of yours, I know this choice makes total sense. Like, it may seem crazy to some people, but if you look at your filmography, it's like you love doing new and wild things. So yeah. how quick of a yes was this for you? And was it like, can I have eight Hawaiian shirts, please, basically? Uh, it was, uh, first of all, so many, so much more than eight. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a very quick yes. It was a yes by... Um, it was it was a probably a yes through the first half of the script and then when i got to the joke about uh beat it and eat it and those <laughs> that was the moment i was like this is this this now can do no wrong <laughs> like um so yeah and i thank you for saying that as well because there's nothing there's no like through line with any of the stuff that I do, but they all just sort of, it all just sort of makes sense together um, in a way that's sort of hard to explain. But yeah, it's, you know, I think if there is a, if there is like a common theme in some, but not all of, of the things that I do, that it's about, uh, you know, the idea like there's generally like, it's something very strange going on, but ultimately the story is about being kind to people or be like finding your own happiness through weirdness or what you know there's there's often a sort of um, a, a sweet message at the core so if they yeah like like fucked up and sweet is really my ideal combination <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so this movie harkens back to a lot of things i adored growing up like airplane and top secret and stuff like that parody movies when i got a little older started to kind of lose the thread of what made those special what do you guys think, because you nailed it here, what do you think is the key to making a good parody movie? Uh, playing it straight. <laughs> like, letting the words do the work. Letting the script do the work. Um, I mean, that was, like, you know, one one of the main things that, like, drew us to Daniel, for instance, is, like, you know, great dramatic actor, great comedic actor, understands comedy and understands that, like, not to push the comedy in this not to wink at the audience and like to really commit to this character. Um, even if you look at like the best, uh, uh, like look at Anchorman. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's Will Ferrell's commitment to character that like makes that movie so amazing. And um, Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, like yeah. those lines, all not, not, there is not one reading where he is asking for a laugh or yeah. asking, you know, it is all just play completely straight. But yes, I, no wonder, you, we have a lot of the same films, so <laughs> same favorite films. <laughs> yeah, but it was the interesting thing about this one, though. We like keeping the tone of this. You know, we we wanted it to. We wanted to like earn the sweet moments and like the. We wanted the emotion to actually land. I think a movie like Airplane or you know the Naked yeah. Gun movies, like they kind of don't care about that. <laughs> what makes this one unique is, you know, the, some of the things that we cut out in editing. It was like jokes or gags that felt a little too broad or like ruined a moment where we needed tension or we needed 
I'll give you I'll give you one example is uh, when teenage Al uh, storms out after getting this big fight with his dad. Uh, the scene ends, right? We fade out on the dad's like regretful expression. What we shot though was mom comes into the room and she goes, "What's all that noise? Where's Alfie?" And he goes, "He's dead." And she goes, "What?" And he goes, "To me." He's dead to me. And she goes, oh, thank God. And, like, it was so funny, and I love it, but, like, it stepped on, like, the true emotion of the moment. And, like, that was really important to us to to, to retain. That's very respectable. Uh, this movie is also jam-packed with cameos. Like, I saw Amsterdam, and that has a lot of people in it, <laughs> but this one is is, like... Almost probably more than that. Do you guys have like a personal favorite here or one that you wanted but didn't come together? I know Aaron Paul was supposed to, but got COVID, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I want to say that we like we went out to Mark Hamill at one point or something. I can't even remember who it was, but and he wanted to do it, but like he was out of town, he wasn't available. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't really think of anyone, anyone else off the top of my head. You know, these were all people, for all personal friends of Al. Like he reached out to every single one of these cameos. He basically showed me like his um, uh, Christmas card list. <laughs> He's like, these are all people I send holiday cards to every year. I'm comfortable reaching out to them personally. Uh, so who do we think for who? And it's like, oh, this person, this person, and like the quickness with them getting back to him. Al would. Go out to someone, and ten minutes later, I'd get a text. They're in. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, my my favorite cameo, and the one actually that I think the person that made me laugh the most, even though it's he's he's barely in the film, uh, but Yorma Takomi as Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a really perfect. He, the makeup job they did is so good, but he has also had a Pee Wee impression ready to go since he was about eight. <laughs> um, so like, what, there was one scene where I'm like doing a scene with Rain, and I can. Oh no, I'm doing the scene with Jack, um, yeah. and and out of the corner of my eye, just behind him, I can just see Yorma like starting to come over <laughs> as Pee Wee, and like every single time I would see him do it, that would really like that was there was a lot of funny things happening, but that really got me. And, and legend has it that Al, like, sent you accordion lessons, basically. Well, so, yeah, he sent me some videos of him. I've been taking lessons already with, with my friend. Um, Why? And then... You didn't have to. Didn't. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> and everyone keeps saying that. I like, love it. I but love ima- it. But, he, it but is, here's the thing. Imagine me sitting on the press tour now and somebody saying, did you play, play the accordion? And me going, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Sorry, excuse my language. But I hate, I hate that actor. Um, that's just lazy. Um, like, if you're going to play weird, I'll get into it. Try a bit, you know, you'll fail because it's the accordion, but try. <laughs> um, Very hard. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was great. And I honestly, I wanted you to have to shoot round me as little as possible. Yes. Um, although you would obviously still have to, but like, you know, just to give some moments where I could actually be appearing on screen. And Al, yeah, Al, so Al sent me some videos, which I still have on my computer. I had a couple of in-person ones, but there's there's a couple of the, the ones on my computer where I, I, I still don't know if he's joking or not, where he like plays it through at an impossibly fast speed that it would be impossible <laughs> for a learner to gather what's going on and then goes like, nah, it'll probably be a bit faster than that. And I'm like, wait, no, it can't be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got them on my computer. They are very, very special. That's amazing. I also couldn't help but notice that this film only explores a small portion of his discography. What are the chances of Weird Al 2 Accordion of the Dead? <laughs> I mean, I have thought about this quite a bit. I have some ideas <laughs> ready for what I would want to do with a uh, with a sequel to this. 
I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, we don't. We we barely touched the '90s, the 2000s. There's a lot. There's a lot of Al left to explore. And I think, um, you know, with with how we end this movie, um, I think we now we're not like uh, uh, beholden to no. like the uh, any sort of biopic <laughs> structure. So I think like we could we could truly uh, go mad with the next one and, yeah, uh, and create something fun and insane. Yeah. <laughs> okay, three parter for for the both of you. The big Weird Al fan question. What's your favorite Weird Al parody song, original song, and album? There we go. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go. Mine mine changes all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for parody song. I will go with uh, Word Crimes at the moment. Amazing. Because it's such a good version of Blurred Light. And it's, but, and, but, but, you know, with all the grammar stuff. Um, original song, I'll go Everything You Know Is Wrong. Um, and album, uh, I'll go. I'll I'll go for the one that one's from. I'll go Bad Hair Day. Great album. Um, okay, so uh, my favorite parody song is the White Stuff. Wow, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is a, that's yeah. my deep cut. New Kids on the Block Oreo parody. <laughs> I like how narrowly it's a food parody, but it's so narrowly focused <laughs> on just Oreo, just the, just inside, the inside of Oreo, Oreo. cookies. <laughs> um, I think it's brilliant. Uh, you don't love me anymore is my favorite mm-hmm. uh, original, and. Um, God, album, like, I want to say off the deep end because it was, like, my first big one. But maybe Alapalooza or, God, maybe Bad Hair Day, too. I, I'm going to say <laughs> off the deep end. I'm just going to keep it all contained in, in this one. Album. No love for Albuquerque. It's, it's okay. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's love Albuquerque. But. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, they're giving me the wrap. I want to thank you guys again. For the people that listen to this, we're the Al Yankovic story hits Roku on November 4th. It's free. It's worth your time. Thank you guys so much for making this movie. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you like it. Thanks. 